0: If someone does a, an amused noise, I like to put the exact appropriate word on it. Yeah. So let's just do a quick test. What is this? <laughs> That's a snigger. Thank you very much, yeah. you pass. Well yeah. done. What about... A <laughs> uh, guffaw?
1: A guff- yeah, I think it could be a guffaw. Yeah? Okay. Um... What about... <laughs> oh, a chortle.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking now
1: we're in sync lovely (laughs) stuff in April 2016 UK Prime Minister Theresa May decided to call a snap general election and it didn't quite pan out her lack of charisma inept campaigning and a resurgent opposition aside dear old Wales has to take some blame for this as May was holidaying in the Welsh mountains when she set course towards her inevitable demise she said that walking there allows you to clear your mind and thinking so join us to reflect on recent events as we too take a stroll in Snowdonia
0: On today's Stroll Scott, we're going to be talking about the Stop Funding Hate campaign, uh, and then we're going to have a little chat about um, the YouTube influencer culture and some of the more insidious problems related to YouTube's algorithms. And finally, we're going to close with a piece on Battlefield 1, the computer game, and how it potentially glorifies a very troubling time of, in history.
1: Hmm. How's your week been, Chris?
0: It's been it's been fine. Yeah, I've sort of rediscovered Friends on Netflix, the show. Don't know if you're a fan, but I, I, I yeah. absolutely love Friends back in the day. So it's been fun going through all those. Mm-hmm.
1: It's it's a good show. I used to love it when I was younger. Have you heard about all these people going, oh, like younger folk? Because we're not that young anymore. We're mm. relatively young, but we're mm-hmm. not that young.
0: Yeah. So what are the younger folks saying? They're saying, on. Oh,
1: yeah, I don't get it. What, how can um, you not, how can There's, you not, get there's it? not enough black people in it. Oh, I see. Um, well, it was very whitewashed. It was. And what was the other thing? Um, Oh, because um, Ross's first wife? Was it Carol. Cow, she, yeah, correct. she becomes a lesbian. Yeah. Or at least comes out as a lesbian. And there's quite a lot of sort of crude humour based on that. There is,
0: it is very sort of crude and a bit... Yeah, I, I can understand that kind of criticism. It, it, is, it does feel a bit dated in the way it handles things like that. Yeah, I suppose. because like, it's not offensive. It's, I, don't, I wouldn't think there'd be anything offensive. No, in
1: I think just younger people perhaps aren't connecting with it as much. But that's fair enough, because it's very much a 90s that. show, isn't it? But then we were from the nineties, and I didn't grow up in New York, no. Manhattan, and spend all my time in a coffee shop. No, but you know, I the... spent my my nineties were spent in rural Berkshire, <laughs> suburban funny. Berkshire, at least. Yeah, and I was quite. I still don't drink coffee now, so no. it's hard to relate to on that
0: that level. I think you're just getting you're drilling down into the specifics a little bit too much. Yeah, possibly. You know. Yeah, <laughs> the universal themes of love, hardship, heart, hardship, heartbreak. Otherwise known as hardship, hardship, heart yeah, <laughs> and owning monkeys—you know, those those are th- those are universal. Yeah, they paleontology. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. All your favorite things. Good show.
0: I also discovered that there's a funny little word that I'd never heard of before. The word is listicle.
1: Listicle. Okay.
0: Come across it? No. It basically means an article that is composed mainly of a list, so like a BuzzFeed kind of. Twenty five things you Is that quite you, a new word? I would imagine, yeah. Yeah. It's obviously just a portmanteau of list and article. But I think it sounds silly. I don't think it's required. And it also just makes me think of well, say you had a, say you had an article that was sort of a quiz, you know, and you were quizzing readers like BuzzFeed does. Yeah. You know. You couldn't call it quizzical because that's already a word. You're yeah, saying so so yeah, maybe a test, like testicle. I just thought listicle, testicles. That's that's funny. It's the first thing that came to my mind. (laughs) I just go straight to testicles. Yeah. So, how was your week? Talking of testicles.
1: What I've been up to, Chris, is you've bestowed upon me some um, DVDs of Studio Ghibli.
0: (laughs) Is that correct? (laughs) It's just just Ghibli. Ghibli. Yeah. Yeah. Was there an H in it? People think it's a hard G, it's not. It's soft. Ghibli. Ghibli. I don't know why. It's not a very Japanese word, which is odd. Ghibli. The G H doesn't sound Japanese to my ear. No, it sort of put me in sort of
1: a northern Germanic language. Yeah, sort of clearly. With like that Ghibli.
0: Brilliant pronunciation.
1: Um I enjoyed them. Oh. I'm gonna put them in preference order. Slightly and I'm starting I've with the least least like? favourite, but that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Just ones which connected with me the most. Yep. In Full openness. I'm not really into fantasy stuff that much. Or we've probably talked about that before. Mm. I, I've always preferred realistic stuff. When I was a kid, and I had toy cars, I could, I would only have realistic models. Like I didn't like sort of fantasy toy cars with stupid
0: wheels or anything. So or less, stupid designs. Less Lord of the Rings, more Lord of the Dance. <laughs>
1: I can say, as a child, I wasn't in, into Lord of the Rings or the Lord of the. Dance. Oh, okay, fine. Um, My mistake. <laughs> um, so, this I, I once I'd watched them all, I thought I'll, I'll consult a list, a right. listicle, a listicle, <laughs> <laughs> and, and just and just touch on what uh, what the general public <laughs> think of these films. Yeah. I don't think I've got it in the right order, but these are the ones: so Princess Mononoke. Wonderful film. From what I gather, it's what people see as sort of the uh, archetypal studio Ghibli film. And, yeah, it was lovely. But I, I found it hard to connect with because it's just a little... These wolves are way too big, for mm-hmm. one thing. I, I can't get on board with that. Right. If they were realistic-sized wolves... Right. ...and they didn't talk, okay. for instance, um, the animation is, is sumptuous. Mm-hmm absolutely beautiful and that's, that's sort of why I, why I was keen to watch these films anyway mm-hmm. so that was that was my least favourite it was not a hugely detailed review um, second favourite was Laputa okay Castle in the Sky mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed that one yeah um, again it was swashbuckling adventures it was swash that's the correct word swashbuckling yeah. sort of like a, sort of, a bit of a steampunk
0: yeah yeah um, definitely I, I like feel that feel to it that
1: aesthetic yeah um, And yeah, I really, really enjoyed that one, Mm -hmm. connected with that. Um, uh, But my my favourite was probably what a lot of people would see as the most, I wouldn't say boring, but... (laughs) Please, please don't. (laughs) Moribund (laughs) of the (laughs) films. Wow, Um,
0: that is insulting.
1: Well, I'm about to uh, say, whisper of the heart, really Really touched me.
0: I'm delighted you said that. Yeah,
1: really, really connected with that. I yeah. thought that was a great film. Yeah. Um, just I, uh, as I say, I, I prefer the sort of realism side that I find being able to relate to places and that are, they're quite. That's something I find quite important, and mm. just it being set in our uh, suburban as, Tokyo as yeah. As such. Yeah, and you know, we've all grown up in suburban Tokyo course, at some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just thought it was a, a really touching, romantic story, but told from quite a different perspective to what you'd imagine Yeah, as well. Yeah. So I'm going to give that two thumbs up, oh, which is the I'm, maximum accolade Scott, I can
0: give. Your words are warming my cockles, I tell you, because that is my favourite of all the Ghibli films. Is it? Yeah. That's interesting yeah. to me. I love it. I absolutely love it. I oh. just realised then I said Ghibli when it's... It's in, Ghibli. And, um which we've established. Yeah, ghibli. yeah ghibli. Um, it's it's the sort of slice of life drama that's quite sort of understated, but there's a lot of there's a lot of depth to it with the the violin player, mm. the violin maker, and um, just the real the attention to detail in the animation. And oh, it's just yeah, absolutely do you know what? stunning? The, and, I'm, I, and I'm a closet romantic at heart, so it. I, all my I can thoughts. be. But, well, you've um, given
1: me another three to watch now, haven't you? I have. Um, so for my my irregular. You, 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 uh,
0: yeah, we can make this a regular thing until I run out of DVDs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, well, Mononoke is definitely regarded as one of the epic greats. Uh, oh, yeah, don't get uh, me wrong. Miyazaki does it. more of the kind of epic side of things, although he's mm. he's done the sort of smaller scale. He did um, My Neighbor Totoro. But yeah, it's also it's all heavily influenced by sort of Shintoism that film you know with all the forest spirits and all that Yeah, and, and the kind of environmental side he's very yeah, like into sort of environmental mind. issues and also strong women he's you know quite an ardent feminist so hmm. all of his films have pretty much have a strong female character well so,
1: yeah, I enjoyed all of them but I am going to choose Whisper of the Heart goes through to the, the next
0: round the next round oh, this is exciting yeah. it's like a World Cup World Cup of Japanese, Japanese. <laughs> animation <laughs> Scott, that looks like quite an interesting uh, little peak over there. Do you want to go wander off over there? Is there a cafe at the top? I I can see smoke rising. It's either a cafe or an open fire. Let's go.
1: Chris, have you ever heard of Stop Funding Cates?
0: I have, yes. Have. It's certainly a hashtag that I've come across.
1: Okay. It's a hashtag and it's a, a Twitter account as well. It's essentially a small level sort of lobbying group mm-hmm. to an extent. Um, the main uh, reason behind it is, as the name sort of suggests, is to stop funding hate through advertisements. So uh, companies who uh, are advertising in... Uh, newspapers, websites, which are generally deemed to be a little controversial in their content. Mm-hmm. It's been going for a while. I've been following them for for a couple of years now. Probably. Okay, just watching um and they, they they don't have a huge amount of followers, which I think is a bit of a shame. Um, is it something?
0: Should, is it something that you can join?
1: Well, you can follow them on Twitter.
0: It? Okay, but isn't is? No, I don't it? know. It's there's much
1: like, more than that. Okay, it is just. Um, it's what. Some people might call just snowflakes moaning. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Gra- grassroots campaigning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, in the past, um, Paper Chase, the uh, yep. sort of fancy stationer, yep. had an ad appear next to, a, I can't remember the article itself, but it was in the Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a bit of a furore yep. sur- surrounding Paper Chase. Advertising alongside it, obviously, as I said, they didn't have any control over that. But the very fact that they were advertising in the Daily Mail in this in this um, case caused controversy amongst their customers, mm-hmm. and it didn't take a huge amount of people complaining for Paper Chase to make a statement, say, we're actually not going to advertise with the Daily Mail anymore. Yeah, I remember. And it's it's something that's continued sort of bubbling away in the background until a few weeks ago when there was an article about Tom Daly and his partner who. Yeah. Uh, expecting their first child yep. together. Um, an article written by Richard Littlejohn, mm-hmm. who's
0: not without his controversies. He's a yeah, he's a tricky one, isn't he? A tricky
1: character. Um, his article essentially was a criticism, essentially of of the two of them. Uh, adopting
0: well not adopting yeah i i, rem- I, mean, I remember children. reading bits of it he, he wasn't being that like it, it wasn't the controversial, most controversial but i think he said something like i still think that the best place to raise a child is a man and a woman right yeah That's i think
1: that i haven't got the quote in front of me it was something along the lines of i'd rather a child was brought up by a happy a happily married uh gay couple rather than put through the terrible um processes of like the state-run system, mm-hmm. something like that. So it was like the most backhanded compliment yeah, you could yeah, yeah. you could pay <laughs> yeah. to someone. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, went on to say, um, oh, I don't think that anything will really match being brought up by, by a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think a lot of people probably do. Oh, yeah, um, I'm sure they do. Yeah. yeah. So next to this article... As we say, it wasn't the most controversial thing he's ever written by any means. But next to this article was an advert for Centre Parks, the uh, lovely place. Centre Parks, have you have you been? A couple of times. Which ones? Uh, Longleat and uh, Sherwood. Oh my God, that's Uh, the same two I've been to. Bloody hell! Wow. (laughs) Um, So there was an article for Centre Parks. So very much sort of like the paper chase thing, although certainly with more publicity this time. Mm -hmm. Um, The the good people of Twitter. Uh, and elsewhere um, did make their feelings known about center parks how can you advertise next to, to such a an extreme viewpoint yeah and and center parks much like paper chase have pulled their advertising from the Daily Mail mm. and it's it's quite an interesting thing to me in that a company's got to advertise mm. the Daily Mail for all its many many faults is one of the most um, most read uh newspapers and oh. i believe it's one of the highest, oh, the highest read english website yeah. english language websites Yeah. um Tragic. so i mean it's not just what's in the content it's that the idea is it is just content it's just stuff for you to
0: to look at through your lunch break and the fact and that they've just, got all those like candid female celeb sort of beach shots down yeah. the side like running down the entire page like Next to all the kind of more serious news items like that. Oh, there's always going to be a nip slip if you don't fancy all this Brexit talk. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> so oh, hypocritical. Yeah,
1: it's it's just content for content's sake. Whether it's true or not is not relevant. No. if it Because they've got so much influence, it's quite scary. Mm. Um, which is, you know, related, but going off on a bit of a tangent to this. Set parts pulled their advertising, much like Paper Chase. And there's now been a little bit of a... Um, of an uproar because of Centre Parks actually pulling their advertising okay. from,
0: from the other side, then from
1: the from people on the right, in yeah. um, inverted commas. So I was reading an article, but um, that was in the Spectator, um, which was sort of uh, rebutting the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Um, where the chap goes on to say, "I'll get his name, Rod Liddle," in the Spectator, sort of going on to say, "Well, I think I am going to boycott Centre Parks now." Bloody hell! Because how could you do
0: that to your family, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> the middle class dreams.
1: And there's been a few other people doing the same thing, saying, "Well, I I don't want to spend my money with a company that will change their ideas at a whim on the on the basis of what was only a few complaints." Mm-hmm. And his the the whole sort of uh, reasoning behind his article is that 80 percent of people agree with Richard Richard Littlejohn's article. Okay, one to two percent complained. Right. I don't know what happened to the other. Eighteen <laughs> percent, but um, they they weren't accounted for. Um, saying oh well, you know it, we shouldn't be. I, I personally don't feel like I can associate with a brand which is um so influenced by so few. Mm. And I kind of kind of see the point on both sides with this,
0: but maybe um, uh, maybe Paper Chase as as an organisation, you know, at the executive level. Perfectly happy to abandon ship. Maybe they wanted to do it all along. They're yeah, just kind that's of true. waiting for some justification, you know, to, to explain to the stakeholders, oh well, there you go, this is getting us mm. some bit of public backlash. So, you know, we want to do it anyway. Let's go. This is this is protecting our brand. Yeah, this it's is the true. way we want to project ourselves. And, you know, it sort of,
1: sort of brought to mind the recent um, Virgin East Coast trains as well, mm. which again was a daily mail. Um, related thing where they said they weren't going to sell it in the shops anymore. But then
0: Branson came back and said no stock it. Yeah a kind of because later, of the then...
1: same thing that was happening with but on a, on a larger scale with the centre part stuff is saying well no you you're, you shouldn't be able to dictate to us what we can and can't read on the train which is not in any way what they were doing. Mm. They were just saying we're not going to stock this paper yeah. anymore. We're, yeah. we're also not stocking the Guardian or the FT mm. or th- things like that. Yeah, and So oh, this censorship is ridiculous. Um, censorship. <laughs> not
0: anything like censorship, people. No, of look course up, it isn't. Look up the word. <laughs> of course it isn't.
1: Yeah, but to, to to many people, they don't need to look... They don't want to look things up. No. They want to be told, this is censorship.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it's, it's a buzzword.
1: it's. I think it's all just indicative of the times we live in where <clears throat> too many people, and I'm not saying that I'm not influenced by it, can sort of fall victim to... To articles where you just take them at face value, yeah. and you you do have to make a conscious effort to actually go out and research them yourself. And, yeah, you've and got to out your own opinions these
0: days, don't you? I mean, there's it happens on the left as well. Let's not delude ourselves. No, it was exactly. a lot of uproar about the Canary website um, a few months ago, wasn't there? Yeah, and um, this is not a right phenomenon.
1: No, it's it's across the board. And I, I think we just need to be a little bit more critical in our thinking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But it's so easy to not do that because of how easy it is to access news. You don't even need to go onto a news website anymore. You just need to log onto your social media. And then you've got your perfectly curated bubble.
1: Here's a a snippet of an opinion or here's a fact. Oh, (laughs) well, that's how that is. Um, And I think that's a
0: dangerous place to be. And now everyone has to have an opinion on everything. You do. What what happened to the good old days when you just could say, you know what, I don't know enough about this to have an opinion? What's your your sort of views on offence? As in
1: I remember watching a, an interview of Richard Dawkins, um where he was talking about um an an interview he or at least a debate he was having with a religious leader. And I think he was talking back talking about it in the past anyway, and I said, Well, to, to Richard Dawkins I'm offended and Richard Dawkins reply was you're offended well so what mm-hmm. and I, I think there's a bit of value in that oh, I think yeah, yeah. you know you just because someone's offended doesn't mean you shouldn't say something no um, and just because someone's offended doesn't mean you should pull your advertising
0: no no true so it's, it's yeah it's very easy to be caught up in the heady kind of tribalism of social media <laughs> of social media yeah um, and yeah I mean that's where social justice worry comes from and snowflake that's all those terms isn't mm-hmm. it like you stop taking offence at everything yeah yeah. absolutely I, I kind of see the point like I, I didn't think that withdrawing the Daily Mail from Virgin Trains was probably the right thing to do Like, but then again it's a private company they can do what they want exactly mm-hmm. Piece or topical piece that's caught my eye of late is the. There's a lot of controversy about YouTube. You may have heard of it.
1: I've yeah, I've heard of it. Fun. Chris, I'm going to surprise you. I've even used it.
0: I've used it today. Wow! Holy it's a cow! Bit of a phenomenon. Then that means you are among the 1.5 billion users of YouTube worldwide. That's still in the minority though, isn't it? Because there's it, what
1: seven billion people on Earth.
0: But it is more. Than the number of households who have a TV, so in many ways you could see YouTube. You could argue, you could make a case for YouTube being a more influential media medium than TV is, yeah. or it will soon, very soon be. Absolutely. So, very important to look at what's going on with YouTube, and there's been a lot of lot of stuff written about how its algorithm sort of pushes content to users.
1: Yeah, I've read about this as well. So you're clicking on a particular video and then it'll link you to something that is yeah it just gives you a related, sidebar but, of but up not, next yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and so, it, so, it auto
0: plays that as well which is kind of quite important yeah there was recently a shooting in america you may have heard of it oh, yeah. and the the children or young adult um, protesters who've started to become quite prominent in the media you know campaigning for gun control one of them in particular I can't remember his name but he has become sort of the face of this sort of youth protest mm-hmm. and if you googled his name sorry if you youtubed his name would, so, uh, so, sorry what have I what have I done YouTube his name stop I learning. think you still search on YouTube you don't yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah I agree <laughs> um, if you searched for his name on uh, YouTube you would get obviously a string of the most popular videos. And the vast majority of those videos were claiming that he was a, what do they call it, a crisis actor? He was being paid, he'd been media trained. I've not heard of the term, but it sounds right. Yeah, he basically, he was, you know, they're saying that he was a fake. Yeah. He, he wasn't doing it just off his own back. He was mm-hmm. being paid, he was being used as a political tool okay. by the Democrats and all that. Um, and most of the videos came, came up related to that. So, if you were just a sort of slightly ignorant person looking up this guy, like I wonder what what's the deal with this guy? I've read a lot about him. You might well be influenced by these videos to think, oh, actually, yeah. Well, sort of touching on what we talked about a minute ago, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, oh, here's here's an opinion for you. Yeah, exactly. Here's an opinion. You can so, have that one. So I read about this guy, this former YouTube engineer called Guillaume Chaslow. It's French, so I assume that's vaguely the right pronunciation. Guillaume Chaslow. Chaslow. Um, he's come up with a, a, a program which is available uh, on the interweb. It's... Um, it goes through search terms in in YouTube, and it just scans all of the up next kind of related videos that the algorithm pushes to users. Yeah. Um, and he's come up he's he's come up with some astonishing results. Like if you if you type the most sort of mundane uh, queries, like um, Michelle Obama, for example, yeah. you'll find eventually you'll be led to videos that claim that she's actually a man. <laughs> it's just one example. So the the most interesting uh, case study of this is related to the twenty sixteen U S election. Um, Trump won that by eighty thousand votes. Really, you may remember that it was incredibly it, close. I knew
1: it was close. I didn't realize it was that so it was, close. It was eighty
0: thousand votes across certain seats. Obviously, he lost the popular vote, mm. but that was that was the number that it's boils down to. The sort of you know in the key states, those were the oh, It's remarkable. That, yeah, isn't it's it? an incredibly slim majority. Um, and then it says eight, so eighty thousand votes. There are one hundred and fifty million YouTube users in the US, okay. and between the months of August and November, there were several thousand videos posted by users about the election. Now this uh, this uh, program of Chasselos, um passed eight thousand of those election videos um, that were viewed more than three billion times between Whoa. those three months, just on certain days as well, not hmm. the not the totality of those three months. And basically, it was looking for biases that were that could have cropped up among those eight thousand videos, um, and and th- this this was based on equal searches for Trump and Clinton. So there was you know that was that was um, an equal kind of baseline. Yeah. Uh, and yet, but uh, the the conclusion that is drawn from this is that YouTube was six times more likely to show a video that was pro-Trump than pro-Clinton. Whoa. And you may think, well, you can't really argue that that's going to have been a decisive thing. But, I mean, you never know. With those numbers, 80,000 votes, 150 million YouTube users, it could have made quite a meaningful difference in the way well, that people abso- were.
1: Absolutely. Like, again, we've we've sort of mentioned it a couple of times today. People can just be influenced by the smallest thing.
0: Some of the content, some of the videos that were showing up were absolutely insane. But The most ridiculous, the most egregious example I found was a title something like "Bill Clinton rapes 13-year-old girl," and it was obviously just a just a complete nonsense video mm. conjured up by this sort of fake news um, YouTube account. Yeah, um, that, that that was just chundering them out.
1: Uh, yeah, and you were getting the same sort of thing on at the moment as well on Twitter with sort of b- mm. bots as they're not Yeah, and that that exactly because that, because
0: um, people were saying that actually a lot of these videos were being um, were being pushed by Twitter bot accounts yeah so they were just you know it's just a kind of big cycle of of bots <coughs> and artificial intelligence and because this is ultimately all it is it's a it's machine learning it's it's the algorithms learning based on user behavior based on what videos are most popular what videos are are lingered on for the most amount of time how how many videos view get the most likes so it's all it's all machine learning and artificial intelligence ultimately and I think it's just troubling that that is potentially having quite an extensive influence over real democratic issues and there's there's an interesting quote from this guy shaslow who says the recommendation algorithm is not optimizing for what is truthful or balanced or healthy for democracy the idea being basically that the more sensational a video is the more likely it's going to be watched and the more likely it's then going to be recommended
1: yeah, you've got to be fairly sensational these days. I knew you look at um, Logan Paul, for
0: example. Ah, uh, yes, Logan Paul, he of the backward-sounding name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, obviously YouTube has been <clears throat> has been interrogated interrogated about this a lot, and it sticks by its stance that you know its its algorithms are fine-tuned all the time. Um, anything that is flagged up as being offensive or fake or whatever is taken down but the point is this is a this is an artificial intelligence um initiative and it only goes to human eyes if there's a problem that's been raised so, so this is a pro- this is basically like one of the most high watched tv stations with with no human curation whatsoever and the amount of youth that is going to be pro- programmed into youtube mm-hmm being influenced by, you know, ultimately it's like prior elections in previous generations would be swayed by newspapers, yeah. uh, TV news reports, journalists, you know, pundits. Now it's not even swayed potentially by humans at all. It's swayed by machines. It's, it's quite interesting because I'd never
1: really sort of taken that into account. And and people quite often are talking about sort of the the rise of A.I., and there was a video um, that went viral a, a couple of weeks ago about um, some robots, which, um, I don't know if you saw it, they sort of walked across the room and they sort of worked together to open a door and walked out and closed the door behind them. Yeah, I saw that. And that, that's sort of always been my idea of AI. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, well, we're nowhere tangible. near that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Tangible. Uh, like um, the film AI, yeah. or <laughs> iRobot, that sort of thing is what that sort of... Um, sort of like 50s idea of the future. It's like automatons were walking (laughs) everywhere. Uh, And I'd never really considered how important um, and and how channels like YouTube are are just working on that in a way I hadn't considered. Mm So now i think it is that's quite
0: scary. It is very scary. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a sort of, there's a separate part of YouTube called YouTube Kids, which is supposed to be very sort of family friendly. Um, And it's been long reported that actually there's some very insidious... Uh, work going on on YouTube, kids as well, yeah, where people sure. are just jumping on it, saying, "Oh, this is popular." Kids just just watch anything, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll make up animations that are kind of pastiches on like actual things, like Peppa Pig and stuff. Yeah, um, but they show so, oh, so the characters yeah. doing some really dark, like mm-hmm. scary stuff. Yeah, and it's like you don't want I've your children watching that. I mean that that sends sort of chills up my spine as 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 a, as a new father, mm. just thinking I mean, how dangerous this is. I
1: mean, let's not. Let's not pretend like this hasn't been around for since since media has been around. That the idea of of being able to influence people is is you know that's why it's there. I remember as a child, one of my favourite films was uh, Five Will Goes West. Have you ever seen Five All Goes West? I haven't. So Five a, a Russian mouse, okay. and this is during the the Cold War, Right. and uh, his family are fleeing the poverty of russia and yeah. moved to new york and as a kid i loved that film but when i look back on it now it was just pure propaganda <laughs> it really was this so it has been around for a while but the the level that it's at now is is alarming
0: really yeah. alarming. well the point is all you need now is a youtube account mm-hmm. and a microphone not even that a webcam yeah so you get all sorts of nutters on there Mm-hmm. And that leads, you know, that that's that's how Logan Paul made his fame. He's got something like sixteen million subscribers or something. That guy is an absolute twat. Yeah, we don't want
1: to make our opinions too strong here, but he is a complete and utter. <laughs> <me>.
0: <laughs> I haven't watched any of his view, view, video. That, that's the other thing that strikes me. Like, you know, this, as soon as this stuff gets headlines and stuff, everyone wa- everyone watches it. They flock to it. Like, oh, I'm going to see this Japanese suicide forest video. I actually saw a bit of it on an embedded um, GIF. I suppose it was in in Twitter. So I've seen it, but I haven't actually contributed to his views because mm-hmm. I refuse to do that. But it's you know it's so easy just just to click on something, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. And therefore, you're contributing to their Creating exposure a and their financial reward because mm-hmm. that guy is a millionaire. See, I'd seen the video beforehand.
1: <laughs> I'd never watched him before. Um, but it was passed across to me. The video that he'd made, I think, before that, which was also in Japan, mm. which was just hugely offensive. Is that where he's like, chucking yeah, coke, like, Pokemon balls
0: at people? Yeah, exactly, and, yeah. and just,
1: like, oh. dressing up as a, as a geisha and, like, going, yeah. um, oh, you must respect the culture and all this sort of thing. Just,
0: oh, God, that made me feel
1: sick. F- what an absolute Yeah,
0: f- yeah. truly abhorrent behaviour. Mm. And yet, you know, he's got all these kids Subscribers You just love it.
1: How about this for you? My brother-in-law is a primary school teacher and he asked, this is going back a little while ago now, but probably 18 months or so, and he asked his class, what jobs do you want to do when you're older? And he said three quarters of them want to be YouTubers. Oh, that's sad. And we live in a position now where, um, you're in a position now where these people are actually being paid quite a lot of money yeah. huge sponsorship deals yeah. for being them and nothing yeah. else yeah well at least a version
0: of themselves yeah it's it's probably in many cases it is a persona that yeah. they but apply and, and you can and see
1: th- the appeal as a child yeah absolutely going well I'll just be me yeah. and I'll film and it and rich. I'll
0: be rich but the thing is because there are so many people doing it now that encourages the more sort of extreme behaviour uh, of the, the likes of Logan Paul to, to sort of stand stand out Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's also the volume that they can produce these things. You know, you might have you might you said this about this sort of Russian propaganda film, but that's just a film. You know, you could you could follow a few influ- influencers and they could be churning out videos every day, multiple mm. times a day. Like there's no way any T V broadcast or newspaper back in the day would be able to cope with that kind of volume. That's true.
1: Scary stuff. It is indeed.
0: Okay, so all of this has been pretty heavy and sort of demoralising. What have you got to lighten the mood, Scott?
1: I want to talk about World War One.
0: Brilliant.
1: The Great War, <laughs> in inverted commas. <laughs> it's not our best. You haven't <laughs> seen the best yet, no. um, I, you, Chris, you know me. Uh, I'm not a big gamer, Christopher. I, I am. Don't, I, am I know gamer. you are, and so, so is your lovely wife. Mm. You're both gamers. She's playing Zelda right now. As we speak mm. in studio two. <laughs> um, she may be twitch streaming it from all we you know. <laughs> Who knows what she gets up to? I I'm not. But I found myself a couple of months ago thinking it's cold, it's wet, I don't really want to, you know, be doing any big projects at the moment. I'll just start using my PlayStation again. Yeah. Wipe um, the dust off. Wipe the quite literally wipe the dust off. Charge <laughs> the control. Uh, and have a go do you need to charge a control mm-hmm. you do don't you have to have it plugged in mm-hmm. so I bought Battlefield 1 and straight away this is a problem for me this is probably why I'm not into games as much as I was when I was younger is that they are largely online now yeah. I don't want that I want to be on my own this is me time mm-hmm. I don't, you go on the like Call of Duty uh, in one of the um, what do they call it? like death matches or something yeah. it's just preposterous <laughs> oh my god it just winds me up just Why these little Dutch kids who are like 10 and is it the chatter just, that winds you up yeah it's the whole thing so you can mute all that uh, so I, I don't want it <laughs> I I like to 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 feel like I'm engrossed within a conflict and that's sort of getting to my point the the campaign mode on uh, Battlefield 1 is really quite engrossing and, and it encompasses some areas of, of the Great War which aren't that well publicised and it does make an effort to try and make you feel as if you're more involved, it's not just something that was made up it was an actual event which I think a lot of these games don't, they can glorify it or, or at least not make it very realistic, so mm. earlier games um, which um, I think it was another uh, Call of Duty game which was set during a siege in Paris, there were no civilians for example, mm. and at the to make these games more realistic, I I would love a game where you're set in this sort of environment and you have your gun and you have one life. Yeah. Or you start right from the beginning again rather than you get unlimited That's lives. Hell. You've got unlim- you've got limited ammo. Yeah. You shoot a civilian, it happens, but do you, you, you get, you, get can a con- you can continue through the game. I want almost simulation level <laughs> realism. Or to me, it's What's not it? doing. Bandage your wounds. I, it, to me, and I, I appreciate. I'm in the minority <laughs> here. If it's not simulation realism on on a on a game that set it during a, uh, <clears throat> the one of the bloodiest conflicts in human history, mm. it's not doing it justice. Mm. That's that's my opinion. It's probably wrong, but I, if it's going to be for entertainment, it needs to be. It needs to have you with your heart beating. Not as hard as if you were there, but as close as you'll possibly get. Not mm. thinking, oh, I've got another life to come. Yeah, that's where I stand.
0: So, you, so your conclusion is that it you enjoyed it, you thought it did a pretty good job of of honouring sort of the the global sort of conflicts. Yeah, know, lesser t- sort of contributions from other types of you know, yeah. other countries and stuff like that. But that it still didn't go far enough.
1: No, uh, it's 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 as close as I've as I've seen. In my limited gaming experience, but I yeah you know, I just want to see more. Really, it's an I want it one. to be really hard.
0: It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think games have of all of all the media, they've got the best opportunity to actually tell tell us about history. Yeah, because you know you you, you know we're getting to the point now where uh, the relatives that are involved in the Second World War are now sort of dying. Mm. So 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 kids are going to be raised with no actual you know re- relation, no no family relation involved in the war. So they have to learn about it. And and you know books obviously there's the whole history of stuffy kind of angle. Films are obviously better because there's a a more kind of realistic element to them. You can actually see what's going on. And that's mm. why films like Dunkirk have done so well. Yeah, um, because they kind of take the sort of human element. Mm-hmm. Um, but games, I think, have got the best opportunity of oh, all absolutely. media because you you have agency. You are in, especially now that we have VR potential. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that could get yeah. sort of scary, scary real. um And yet, also, games is an entertainment medium, so you have to be having fun. And I think that's why, yeah, you're in the minority because people don't want that kind of. Oh my God, I've got to start again. I've got one chance. That's like games in the late eighties, you know, like brutally hard. There was no not enough memory to have save slots, so you had to start all over again if you died.
1: Do you not think though, if you were sort of crawling through like the shelled battlefield of the Sun in not in real life, but in the game,
0: Hopefully.
1: just how fun especially if you were in VR. Mm. How Engrossed you would be in that situation, mm. and
0: you would not. You would do everything possible, yeah, to to save your life in that game. But then, if you kept dying again and again, you have to keep restarting. You would get pissed off. No, but well, that, <laughs> that is true. You give up. That is true. Like sob this realism. sod this simulation war game. Give me Call of Duty twenty seven.
1: <laughs> no, it's a good point. But I, 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 I think you you're you're right in. You know, video games have got a lot of potential to to um carry on the not the legacy, but the but make the history relevant
0: to Yeah, to... make it relevant also to humanise it as well because yeah, you absolutely. are you are in mm-hmm. that action. But um, you know, they're always gonna have to balance that with telling a great yarn and, you know, you being like, you know, if you're controlling a character, the character has to be sort of a hero in a mm-hmm. sense and true. they're always going to come up against that. I think that's a struggle. It is. Well, that's my opinion. Interestingly, there's a game called Assassin's Creed, a series called Assassin's Creed. The, the yeah. last installment was set in Egypt, came mm. out late last year. And they've um, just uh, updated that game with a, a, a sort of historical learning mode that basically removes all uh, enemy combatants and all story quests and things like that from the world. It's an open world game. Yeah. So you're just walking around Egypt and, and, and you can learn about it. There's sort of information that crops up and so little videos that play that really and, appeals to me. Yeah, it's just it's a whole new mode that's yeah. sort of quite removed from the main game, I which really I think like sounds sound great. Yeah. yeah. yeah so shall we have a look on the, uh, the the devil that is Twitter? Yeah. Scott, let's see delve what it's in. got. See what it's got to serve up.
1: Tweet. Tweet tweet, Tweet of the week. Tweet
0: of the week. Tweet of the week. There was a funny tweet that I saw that was, well, incidentally funny, because it was sort of trashing some uh, anti-gun demonstration thing. And then uh, the location at the bottom was Moscow. <laughs> so people were like, even though it had like a, an obviously kind of American username and yeah, image, yeah. everyone's like, well, you've been caught out, mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Americans can live in, in, the, in Russia can. now. They can. The but Cold so War has is, is thawed out yeah. yes. somewhat. Well funny you talk about guns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guns? guns Guns. What's larks? <laughs> um, because my the tweet I found is about guns. So this is from at Clark Phil. That's Clark with an E. Clark's a teacher. Philip Clark, that is, he's a teacher in the America. I, what I've done is I've screenshot Screenshot. Screenshot is at Twitter. Thing. So I can't actually <laughs> click on his profile to see where he is. But Philip Clark, this one's from you. As a teacher, I knocked myself out, headbutting a ceiling, pretending to be a particle, start jumping off a desk. I've set my arm on fire when lit ethanol trickled down my sleeve from my hand. I've burnt my ear listening if gas was coming out of a Bunsen. Don't give me a gun.
0: (laughs) I like that. That's really good. It's
1: a concise one, but I think pretty pretty spot on. Yeah, on the nose. On the nose Very very relevant so thank
0: you yeah. Philip Clark with an E that was a stroll in Snowdonia any references to strolling or Snowdonia are purely symbolic any inference of the host actually moving or physically being in Snowdonia is your error not ours for the chance to win an official a stroll in Snowdonia tweet cap to Dofford fellow strollers contact SnowdoniaPod at gmail.com or Snowdonia underscore pod on Twitter thanks for listening
1: I like Daniel (laughs) Day-Lewis Daniel Day-Lewis Woman, I can see the waves of sound crashing upon the rocks of conversation